0: the mississippi crop situation podcast hey guys welcome back to another episode of the mississippi crop situation podcast and just like last week we couldn't find anybody to sit down on the couch so it's just me and jason and you'll have to listen to our ramblings we covered fall fertility and we're turning the corner into the first part of october and when i when i think october we've we've got a lot done by then in general when the When the weather's been right and we're starting to think about fall residual herbicides where we can kind of, what, Jason, keep clean until that early planting window next year?
1: That's our goal with them. I mean, it doesn't always deliver, but that's, you know, definitely in mind when we start having conversations about fall herbicides.
0: You know, we talked a little earlier in the year about corn because corn is generally the first thing that comes up. And behind corn those early applications let's just revisit that a minute for guys that might not have heard it primarily what you're trying to do there once the corn comes out is knock down your pig weeds and stuff like that
1: right you're trying to keep those summer weeds you know your pig weeds grasses that type of weed from going to seed making another those individual plants that hadn't already made seed you know maybe they come up after harvest or or whatever you're keep trying to keep those from making seed.
0: So you're you're in that specifically working on the seed bank.
1: Technically, yeah. Okay. I mean, you're working on existing plants, but yeah, with the goal of not making any more contributions to that soil seed bank.
0: So now, as we're approaching the middle of October, are you primarily targeting ryegrass, or what? What? What is well, this, this is program?
1: A, yeah, this is for? a completely separate window target. Everything. Yeah, and so, that's kinda why I wanted to go yeah, back to
0: that first one and say this is something that's really just specific to corn because it comes out earlier. Now we're turning the corner into a whole different
1: world. Right. So now you're talking about multiple applications, so money. Money, money, money. And so there's gotta be some priorities. You know, really early harvest, really bad pig weeds, maybe the money's better spent keeping that field clean until frost and not investing in this fall window carrying through the winter. But maybe the field crop came off a little bit later, or it's not too weedy to start with with summer weeds, but you got a history of some problems with winter weeds, so maybe we need to prioritize that. Because, you know, doing both, man, it's just, that's a lot.
0: So if you're doing both. A lot
1: to do, plus it's a lot of money to invest.
0: If you're doing both, you said twice now a lot of money. What's a lot of money?
1: Well, you know the a good fall residual program I mean, according to our budget. If you put, you know, Gramoxone with it to account for anything that may be emerged since your last tillage, plus a premium residual, you know, twenty five bucks, thirty bucks. You know, it just depends.
0: You still have uh, to price fertilizer. Yeah. It's very similar to fertilizer with herbicides. How, it's,
1: however, it's
0: pay me now or pay me later, isn't it?
1: It is pay me now or pay me later, but the whole mind game on burn down in general, but even more so to me on the fall burn down, is you're investing in controlling a weed when there's not a crop in the field. So you think about weed control to minimize yield loss due to weed interference while the crop's out there all this is going on when there's no crop there. And certainly you're setting yourself up for the 2021 crop, but it's just, you know, the selling point of the fall residual is, hey, this is a lot of money. There's no crop in the field. You know, where's the return on investment? It's harder to see. So in that regard, being hard to see, you know, would be similar to your fall fertilization program. It's not a tangible, man, you know, green the crop up, killed that weed.
0: You can't see it till next right. year when you got a disaster. Yep. And it's probably too late to do anything about it by then. Right. All right. So when we're when we're talking this October time frame, uh well I say October time frame. Let's let me go back on that. When we're talking fall not that early corn thing we're talking about, but a general fall residual program when is too early?
1: Depends on the year and we've had some years. So as you know, most of the work that we've done in this ballpark over the last 15 years has been with ryegrass as the target. So we've had years where we had ryegrass up in August, but it was cool or or mild for uh, August. Plus we had a lot of rain. Then we've had years where we didn't have any ryegrass up until November and so the timing work that we've done you know indicates that later is better if you can get it out and and of course those those two things cross one another at some point you know you can get l- too late because you just can't get through the field anymore or it's too late you know every you know everybody wants to shut down for the year and just doesn't feel like fooling with it anymore so that's why we've always said <coughs> Our The timings that we've looked at were, you know, September, so probably starting around the 10th of September, carrying all the way through to December. And more years than not, we couldn't get the December treatments out. So that's just basically out. So then you're looking at September, October, November. November for weed control in the spring from a fall treatment was always better with a November application compared with October – so that first, you know, October 5th to the 15th back into September. You know, without fail is always better. But you got to be able to get it out and you got to get it incorporated, right? Cuz it's a residual herbicide. So I've always said, you know, on the 15th of October, check your 10-day forecast. If the forecast is clear with no rain in sight, wait if you if you can. You know, if you got a lot of other stuff going on, go ahead and do it. If there's imminent rain, go ahead and get it out.
0: All right. So, in saying imminent rain and saying all that, you ride around the Delta all spring this year. And we know the fall weather conditions we had last year. You know, I, I talked a week or so ago about how that impacted our fall fertility. Well, riding around this spring, you saw an awful lot of ryegrass blown up everywhere. Is that a function of? us not being able to get it out last year because of the weather, or what do you put that on?
1: I think two two or three things, at, le- at least two things. One would be the lack of field prep that we've been able to do in the fall of 18 and 19.
0: Well, thinking back to your your slides I've seen you show many times, tillage is still a primary tool for us for weed control.
1: Absolutely. If, if you have ryegrass, just say the temperature and the moisture get right and it's the middle of September, and you got some ryegrass coming up. But the moisture is right, but it's not you know sopping wet like it's been in 18 and 19. So there's still, say, there's some field work going on early part of October. Well, you may take out the whole first flush of ryegrass with that tillage, and then you're going to be in decent shape. I mean, you're definitely going to have fewer. The, the infestation is not going to be as severe in the spring with the October tillage as it would have been with the September tillage. All right. That's the first part of that. You know, so difference in in the years, we just had a, a lot of bad weather in 18 and 19 that led to these populations that you referred to this past spring. Two would certainly be we probably had some intentions of getting some fall treatments out that we didn't. And then number 3 unfortunately is just the ryegrass is getting worse, man.
0: And when you talk about ryegrass getting worse, what specifically are you, you
1: Well, you know you it, I'm yeah, I'm talking about clethodem resistance and and all all of the above resistances that we have in those populations, but hey, that's a that's a whole nother topic of conversation. You'll yep, be all this what I'm fall is- stuff.
0: It's not getting worse because we're not trying to attack it. We just didn't get lax a day school. I guess that's what I'm.
1: No, we didn't get. I don't think we got lax with it. I mean, you could call it lax, but it wasn't on purpose. It was, you know, the situation dictated. Hey, we can't, we can't operate like we normally expect to operate because it's been so wet the last two falls.
0: Do you think? Uh you know soybean price going down and stuff like that it it hurt people's budgets to be able to do something
1: well of that. that drives it that drives it too and i mean no question when we've had big soybean prices we've had big acres treated and and you know you can drive down highway 61 in february and see how much fall stuff went out because it's obvious by that point you've either got a carpet of, of green you know random stuff or or the field slick And and so when we have those big prices, we got more acres treated. Or, you know, when we have good prices and and a big crop, uh, there's going to be a a lot of acres treated. Seems to be, based on the conversations I've had over the past few weeks, interest is pretty high in these fall treatments right now, based mainly on the fact that we remember what it looked like in the spring of 2020, and it was tough.
0: No, it... (laughs) You know, I've rode around with you a lot that time of year and seen an awful lot of ryegrass fields and some bona fide disasters. But far as a landscape, scale-type issue, it was worse in 2020 than I've seen it in quite some time.
1: Well, I don't know if it's been worse than that. We've had fields that were worse. You know, if you go back – the early days of, of glyphosate resistance in ryegrass, 06, 07. Back in there, we had fields that, that looked worse. But, yeah, collective across the Mississippi Delta, I think 2020 was probably at least top two or three worst years that we've had.
0: So in in attacking that ryegrass, you talked earlier about disking and you talked about some chemical control. Is a mixture of both – what gives us the – best effective control to try to stay as clean as we can going into that winter burn down in february
1: well there's herbicide wise there's a number of treatments and most of them work really well some maybe have a little broader spectrum than others so the the ones that we've always leaned on for ryegrass control have been Basically anything with Mottolachlor in it. So that we know that is dual, but then there's a whole laundry list of products that are sold with that active ingredient in it. Because it's off patent. Now. Right. right. Uh, the other ones that fall right in there with it, Zidua, and then there's other products like, say, Fierce, for instance, contains that active ingredient, too. Fierce, having the, the Valor component to it, would definitely be a much broader spectrum treatment, than just the residual the part of that product. So that's what I'm saying. You know, you can get into those broader spectrum products that you're still controlling the ryegrass with.
0: Now, with that fierce and that Valor in it, that's going to kind of lock you into what you got to plant, right?
1: Uh, not necessarily. The uh, Valor part of that mix was is actually more versatile than the residual the component of it. For example, the Zidua component locks you out of rice the following year, but the Valor doesn't.
0: Gotcha, gotcha.
1: Oh. So the dual, you know, I'll just call them a total chlor dual just because that's what people know it as, and right. it's simpler. Dual, Zidua, Boundary, which is a combination of dual and metribuzin, has been huge, uh, really great treatment, broad-spectrum. It's got the metribuzin that brings some broadleaf activity. Likely it's gone on as many acres as anything in a fall treatment. And then there's a whole scatter of other things that kind of feed into that and complement it. But, but those are your those principles. Those are the big ones. Yeah, right, those are right. the big ones. Command would be, you know, we talk about rice on here a lot. Command would be the only treatment in the fall that, or the only treatment you could use in the fall with the intent of controlling ryegrass in a field that's going to be rice the following year. All those other treatments are going to cause you you know, problems on your rotation.
0: Well, luckily, a lot of our rice fields hadn't had that ryegrass issue like our upland
1: crop You fields. say that and I had a conversation uh, just last week with a guy that said he had a customer that intended to put command on the whole crop for ryegrass.
0: Well, I think we, and I say we, when I say we, I'm talking about agriculture in general. And this isn't a pitch for, for clomazone at all, but I think that we could use it a lot more than we do, and it would help us out a, a lot more than we have.
1: Yeah, it's an undervalued product. So, so and,
0: say, and, I've always put it in my soybeans just because we put it in all of our rice, and man, it looks good in a soybean yeah. field.
1: No, it, it does. And, you know, then you get into talking about. You know, prickly cider or tea weed, you know, depending on what you call it, and it really opens up possibilities for it there. Uh, price has been a limiting factor for it over the years. Not as much now. There's more than one offering on the table for that product or for that active ingredient now. But historically, when there was only one, you know, price was a, a limiting factor because of the rate. The, right. You know, you talk about the soybean rate, it's 2x what the rate is for rice
0: right 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 so we just talked a lot about ryegrass when you're talking this early to late fall you know residual program we i think ryegrass 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 is there anything else that that we're trying to target at that point that's really going to cause us impact next year you always hear people talk about yeah. henbit henbit hen well, bit and hen bit. Well, hen bits
1: what was rolling off my tongue when when you spoke up again. We've had really bad hen bit years in the last seven or eight. And then we've had some years where hen bit seemed like it wasn't a problem at all. Just fell over dead with whatever we sprayed on it. No rhyme or reason to when that one is hard to control with a post emergence treatment. A lot of things are good on it as a fall residual treatment. To me, in my my recollection, where the whole fall herbicide program started in our state was with horseweed. So when horseweed, you know, some people call it mare's tail. When it got to be a problem, Dan Poston was here at the time. Tom Eubank did a lot of that work in graduate school, and that's where that system kind of started. And then Poston and I and Tom took it and moved it over to ryegrass, and it's kind of balloon from there. So yeah, there's basically we can go bare ground with the right treatment. We can go bare ground through most of the winter uh in the Mississippi Delta.
0: Well you bring up horseweed and I, I hate to say what I'm about to say and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there for a long time to me, horseweed kinda went on a five year hiatus, kinda like the cocklebur did in the Roundup years where wasn't really a problem, and then wham, it was a problem. And then the last several years, I've been seeing it creep back into being a problem.
1: I don't have any proof of this. My explanation for it is, we had a couple of wet springs ten or so years ago, and evidently just beat the numbers down bad. But then you're right; over the last few, it's really started to to creep back up and be a problem in a lot of areas uh, where we kind of had, like you said, started targeting primarily ryegrass for several years.
0: So that's generally the the big three we're thinking about. Is there anything else that we might be getting that we wouldn't otherwise in that fall residual that's going to really hurt us next year?
1: There are other species that are difficult to control. When you think about cutleaf evening primrose, it's got a pretty long history, particularly in cotton. Uh, like, tends to like sandier soil, so the same type of textures that cotton likes. It can be really hard to control. A lot of the residuals aren't that great on it to start with. So, you know, those are the ones that, that make the decisions. A lot of it, on on a winter weed spectrum, a lot of it is just you're controlling winter weeds. You're not controlling, it's not like in a the summer weeds where you're going to kill morning glories or you're going to kill barnyard grass or palm or you're just trying to control the vegetation. And then we have those specific cases like a ryegrass or like a horseweed where you're going after that one in particular.
0: Now, you talked earlier, and I made you throw out a price that you felt was palatable. What's a price point where you think is not palatable, but okay, we're complete control and you don't have to worry about it?
1: I think like a lot of things in down it varies uh, it's going to vary with priorities it's going to vary with your farm size your farm logistics and i say that a lot but it really does for example what's the value of dropping in and planting in march say it's cornfield drop in and plant in march versus man we got to get this dude dry enough to disk and hip it back up, you know. There, there's, there's a value there that's not the price, of the treatment. So, you know, that in that case, it's planning date. So I can't give you a, a specific number. I know about what some of those treatments cost, and unfortunately, they're they get pretty. If you include the whole program, you know, they're going to get they're going to get pretty pricey. Fifty bucks. Yeah, I mean ballpark for for some of them, and, and not that you know. I'm not talking about one treatment. I'm talking about the, burn, the whole the, burn the whole down, program, yeah, carrying you from from the fall treatment into the you know all the way up to planting.
0: Because in general, our our early winter or late winter that February time frame depends on what you call winter, right? Those burn down applications are relatively cheap.
1: Yeah. Uh, now. One thing that I've I've always tried to remember to mention the last few years when I've talked about these fall residuals is the bare ground through the winter. We live in the Mississippi Delta, bare ground through the winter is not always a good thing depending on your soil texture. Uh, You're talking about soil movement and not just bed weathering. We can get soil movement out of the field And then you're into full-blown erosion, which is not good. Right. Uh, And then you got the dynamic of soil texture, bare ground, and then having to recondition beds in the springtime where, hey, if I just got some trash, winter weeds, and maybe some bluegrass, burn this dude down with Roundup and 2,4-D. Let her go. And and go, whereas I've – you know, spent this money last fall. I've got bare ground all winter. My beds are gone. I've got to get in here and basically start from square one, getting this field ready to plant.
0: And you're bringing weed seed to the surface when you hit. And
1: that's that's to be considered as well. Uh, so, that being said, it's good to know it, you know where your weeds are. Right. This is a bad ryegrass field. Probably need to do something in the fall. This field has no history of ryegrass. Maybe I can wait on it, burn it down with an airplane in January, February.
0: So what I hear you saying is what we've discussed today should not be considered as a whole farm solution. This needs to still be done on a field-by-field basis. Uh, Yeah, for sure. So, quote, variable rate across the farm, where you need to use it and where you don't.
1: Right. It's nice to say, you know, call the airplane, and put it on this whole block, but if you think down, what's it going to look like six months from now? What what's your time time worth to you at that point? So.
0: Well, then I think you get into not what your time is worth, but what your money is worth. If you if you're maximizing.
1: Well, but time is money, right? So.
0: It, it's time is money, but if you're maximizing that price that you really don't want to pay anyway, and say. You know, to maximize yield on the back end, I need to at least spend an extra $20, whether it be in sulfur fertilizer or potash fertilizer, or I got to get the ryegrass out of this field because it whooped my butt last year. Yep. You know, prioritize that and don't just call the airplane and say, let's do the whole farm with the same thing. Yeah. That's what you're saying, right?
1: Speaking of money and thinking about ryegrass, a good thing about ryegrass in contrast to a pigweed you can get a field that's has a bad ryegrass problem. You can get it under control. I don't have a specific you know data point to tell you that. We've tried to do it. It's just been hard to do because the weather hadn't cooperated in our in the area where we do our plots. But I can take you to the original fields where Dan Poston first picked up the glyphosate resistant ryegrass. Some of those fields don't even get treated for ryegrass anymore. So there's definitely an opportunity. It just doesn't make nearly as many seed as a a palmer amaranth plant. So you can get aggressive with it for a couple of years and then dial it back.
0: So you can for lack of better words, I'm thinking eradication, you can take it out to the point where you can might take the next three years off before you have to do something again.
1: Or at the very least you catch it with your regular burn down. You know, whether whether it's your burn down right at planting say in the case of corn or something because you're just taking out a couple of clumps here and there so So you
0: can you can spend some money and make it manageable in your normal course of business
1: right and you think about palmer making half a million seed per plant and if you let it if you let one get away from you on it you're going to be playing catch up probably from now
0: on. you're done but i think for the most part our farmers in the in the mid-south i'll Expand it beyond the delta. Understand that about Palmer, but maybe not all of them understand that about ryegrass. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I think the number. You know, you go look, probably find different numbers, but you know, sixty thousand seed probably is high a high number for a single ryegrass plant, which sounds like a lot and is a lot. But it's not you know, all
0: sixty thousand of those are going to live and make. And that's true. Right.
1: That's right, and it's definitely one that can be brought back under control. With some aggressive management. Okay. So w- we jumped around a lot on that, but all in the context of, of fall residual herbicide applications. So just to to hit the high spot again, middle October is the time you want to be thinking about doing a, a fall treatment sometime between then and the 1st of November. Weather permitting, a lot of good treatments available depending on what you specifically you know, want to go after, but keep in mind that maybe that fall herbicide treatment is not for every acre. So just consider, you know, the crop to be planted and the soil texture and the the history of the weeds in a particular field. So, and certainly, you know, I can clear any of this up. Those of you that are interested in doing a fall treatment, I'm happy to talk to, to anybody that wants to do it. So, and you can call Bobby too. And, and he could he could do a serviceable job at it
0: people generally call me and say hey i've been trying to call jason i know he's sitting in the truck right beside you what you been hearing
1: <laughs> yeah so that that actually does happen a lot but certainly uh you know kidding aside if we can do anything for y'all just give us a call the mississippi crop situation podcast is produced by the mississippi state university extension service